We'll see if this room is echoier. I'm feeling it might be echoier. You think so? Why? Um, I don't know. It is, it is, it is half empty, so there's a bit of that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. hello everyone. Hello. So we're in a different room. We're in a di- we've never recorded in this no. room before. But this is our spare room now. We now have a spare room. Yeah, because before we shared our love nest. We did. We had a roommate. We didn't share our love. No. Well, we did. I mean... Um, what? <laughs> it just it sounded we didn't share our love. Like, it just sounded very hard. Like, we had no love for this person. Oh, no. Well, uh, yeah, our old roommate... Um, was is, a lovely friend. She's She was very nice, and she's moved out. But, uh, we, yeah, we now are starting to occupy this spare room, which it's is... really amazing. It's nice to have a spare room. We're ridiculously lucky, by the way, to live in a two-bedroom in Dublin. Knock on would like it's so knock on the ears of the listener <laughs> knock uh, knock um we're really ridiculously lucky to have this situation it's does not cost what you would expect it costs uh yeah no it's 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 very reasonably priced um and like we would we would have been paying this much money for a one bedroom at least at least yeah there's not too much more i think you, I, like depending on where you're living in this i mean, I mean but the, in this neighborhood in this and this economy <laughs> and and in this in this economy and in this neighborhood i don't think you could really even be paying this for a one bedroom yeah so we live pretty sad city central so for because we have quite a lot of listeners who aren't from dublin oh uh, yeah so we should probably explain a little bit where we are so we're in an area called smithfield which is kind of in the city center but it's on the uh westernmost edge of what people would consider the city center yeah. um it's not really suburbs but no. it's 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 approaching the suburbs. We're sur- God, we I wouldn't say so, but we have Carver's such a different a we have such a different concept of like what is a suburb, and I think it, maybe it's because New York is just unique in that it's you have to get so far away from the center for it to be properly a suburb. Like nothing on the island of Manhattan is a suburb. Like, yeah, but we're not in Manhattan. So. I know, I know. I'm just saying my concept, but to me, like I get okay, Cabra is a suburb. Okay. Yeah. Like when sure. you went to the post office out there, you would have just walked by houses yeah. upon houses upon houses. Yeah. So you you're reaching the suburbs there. Like Fibsborough is on the like would be the start but of some suburbs. But to me there's well. like something between the city and a suburb and that is what I would consider Cabra and that's also what I would consider like a lot of Brooklyn and Queens. Like I don't even I want to say it's a borough, but it's not a borough because it's not Manhattan. What does a borough mean even? So Manhattan is divided up into five boroughs, you know? So like there's Manhattan areas then. Well, I mean, there's way more than five areas. Districts? There's way more. No, but like within each borough, there's many districts. Like the borough, do you know what the five boroughs are? Uh, they are red, yellow, green, blue, and indigo. So you really don't know? <laughs> I've no fucking, I've heard of the phrase the okay, five boroughs just before. Just take a guess. Uh, Brooklyn, yes, Queens, yes. Uh, Manhattan, yes. Um, uh, Harlem, Harlem's on Manhattan. Okay. Um, or in Manhattan. I said on because it's an island. Upstate New York. Upstate. I don't know. I don't know. No, that's just offensive. Uh, no way is upstate New York part of New York City. Oh my god. They're oh, like it's, not, it's part planet. of the city. It's all, yeah, this is New York City. Okay. Uh, upstate New York's a different planet. Brooklyn, Queens. Is Long Island the borough? No. Okay. No. Long Island is not New York City. I'm not from New York City. Uh, then I've run out of places that I know. Oh, you know them now. Do I? Yeah. The Bronx and Staten Island. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The, I, I always forget that the Bronx is a thing and not a nickname for Brooklyn. Because <laughs> it sounds like a nickname for Brooklyn. You go to Brooklyn, yeah, you go to the, the Bronx. Bronx. Yeah, but so geographically, so you mentioned Long Island. So Brooklyn and Queens are on the landmass that is Long Island. But yeah. culturally and like jurisdictionally, they're not Long Island. You know, Long right. Island is Nassau and Suffolk County. And then Manhattan is, is Manhattan, you know, yeah. obviously. And then Staten Island is its own little island closer to New Jersey. And then the Bronx is actually attached to mainland New York. Not upstate New York, but mainland New York. Which is surprising to me because I always thought the Bronx was kind of in and amongst like Queens and Brooklyn and stuff like that. No, no. Okay. Um, and I'm told Staten Island is a dump. I've been there once. Okay. Um, I liked it. <laughs> Wait, was it you that had the story of being stuck on Staten Island because you went back to some boy's house and then like you didn't know how to get back home on the ferry or whatever the next morning? Or is this some TV show that I watched? I think you're thinking of um, Amy Schumer in Trainwreck. Although I did go to a boy's house on the Staten Island. Like, that's why I was there. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So, (laughs) close. Yeah. Uh, I like Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn um, visiting a friend a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago now. And I really liked it. It reminded me a lot of Dublin. Yeah. Um, and I visited Harlem uh, the last couple of years to visit your friend and, and uh, long-term listener, um, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony Onetta. Uh, <laughs> he ain't got no fickle. And I didn't get to see much of Harlem, but it seemed like a more it seemed like a more city version of Brooklyn in the sense mm-hmm. that it felt like you were a more built-up area. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, Harlem is way uptown Manhattan, and I think there's this one area, like, way uptown Manhattan that some people... Oh, God, I forget what it's called. Inwood, maybe that some people will say is a suburb, but it's like a Brooklyn. It's like Brooklyn. Like okay. to me, nothing, nothing on the island of Manhattan is a suburb. And also to me, Brooklyn and Queens, those are not really suburbs. Where I'm from, Massapequa, yeah. that's a suburb. Yeah, but that's what Cabra's like. Ca- you think? Yeah, it's just houses upon houses, and then once in the blue moon, you might find a corner shop. Yeah, maybe. Do you call them corner shops in in New York? Are they corner shops to you? Or are they like convenience stores? Convenience store in Manhattan though? Like a kind of corner shop is a bodega. Well that's what I consider kind of... Because having seen bodegas on Twitter and stuff like that. Because there's lots of like bodega cat like accounts and stuff like that. That's what a corner shop is to me. Because it's very like, you know, it's independently owned. Yes. Um, it's got a bunch of random shit. Yeah. uh, And they're open fucking, you know, all the time. Yeah, but, like, in in Massapequa, no one would call that a bodega. Like, in Massapequa, the only version of that that would be open 24-7 is a 7-Eleven. Well, no, just, I wouldn't... You just call that a 7-Eleven. I wouldn't consider them being open 24-7, but, like, they're kind of... They're, they're, they're a local store, so they're open when they know people need them. You know what I mean? In that sense yeah. of, like, if they don't get much business after 8, they'll close down. But, yeah. you know, yeah, that sort of thing. It's not as restrictive time periods because it's usually one person open. He's just like, oh, this looks busy. I'll stay open for another hour. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because we, yeah, we, we kind of always have a problem with me about what the suburbs are. Yeah, like, I, I do. So Smithfield is, to me, like, you're trying to say it's approaching a suburb. But to me, this is, you know, no, this I, we're on the city. Well, I'd say, like, no, we're surrounded by suburbs. Would you call Stony Batter a suburb? No, Stony Batter is what I call a village. Okay. Because Stony Valor is like it's a it's a it's a street filled with shops. Yeah. And it's got houses around it. 
Yeah. And I consider that a village. And there's lots of little villages within the city of Dublin. Yeah, and within New York, too. I mean, like, the village is a village, but it's still the city as well. Yeah, but, like, if something's called the village, I think it's too big to be considered a village anymore. Because <laughs> it's not a village, it's... The, the village. village. Yeah. yeah. And I just I just feel like it's not going to appear like... Because a village really is like a village here. Like if you went to the countryside and you went to a village in the countryside in Ireland, it would just be one street of shops. It'll usually have a church, a school, and then a couple of shops. And then it's just houses around it. So that yeah. the village is like just a few amenities for the local surrounding mm. area. And that's what Stony Batter was originally. And then yeah. they just got things got built up around it. That's what Ranla is. That's what Rathmines is. It's just one street of shops and houses around And I it. love those areas. Those are, yeah. like, some of my favorite areas of Dublin. Yeah, because they're, they're kind of, you know, they're older areas, and they've, they've just been built up around them since they're, they've, the city has kind of consumed them a little bit in that sense. But they don't feel like the center of the uh, the shopping districts, let's say. Yeah. You know, but it like still that. has that convenience of a city, because that's what it is. Like, I'm such a city girl. I mm. need that convenience. I need to be able to step out at any hour of the night and like get something if I need it. But it's funny that you say that because when you lived and grew up in Massapequa, mm-hmm. you didn't have that really available to you. Yeah, but also know that like I moved away from Massapequa when I was 17 and I know, never looked back. Yeah, <laughs> but in fairness, like of all the years that you've lived, which is 28 years now, yeah. how many years did you live in Massapequa? So it was like 17 the first go round and, and then you were back. one more. Yeah, so, so 18. 18. So you've lived longer there than anywhere else. But mostly as a child, you know. In my adult life, the vast majority has been not in Massapequa. Right, but it's, it's funny how you talk to that. This is going to make a buzzing noise on the microphone if I don't move it. Uh, it's funny how quickly you talk to that, considering you didn't grow up that way. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, I think a huge part of that is just that I don't drive and I have never driven, so... Right, sames. Yeah, <laughs> sames. Yeah, I feel like you're more. I feel like you would less. You're less inclined towards like the city than I am. Like I feel like you're more into the idea of like, oh, we'll settle down in a suburb or like even like let's move to Rathavarnum. Like yeah, well again, it's it's it's. I grew up in a suburb. I grew up in Kabarak, which um, you know lots of houses around but it still had convenience like in the sense of you could go to a supermarket walking distance from where you are well see that kind of suburb i can i can work with that because like how old was your mom when she learned to drive like she couldn't drive when she was my age yeah exactly so like she had three kids for a while in kilbarrick and was able to work with that so i I could work with that i just don't know about a suburb where you really need to drive and to me to me that's the definition of a suburb you need a car that's what. But that's why it doesn't connect with me. Unless you're in the countryside in Ireland. Yeah. You don't. I know, so and I think that's. Can, yeah. Yeah, I think that's an America Europe thing because yeah. I didn't. I, that 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 surprised me about Berlin as well because America is so fucking sprawling and it's built not for people on foot like it's built for people in cars yeah. mostly. Oh yeah, and it's 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 done. I actually, there was an article recently, I wish I actually had saved it somewhere to read it properly, because I, I just got to read a couple paragraphs of it, and I had to go back to work. But it was talking about how there was a bit of, cons- uh, not a conspiracy, but the, the way America was laid out, it was designed to actually make it harder for someone without a car, and in that sense, it was actually anti-working class, because if you can't afford a car, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, and so it was 
it, and they would have known that when make mm. when designing and planning all these areas in America. So they had purposely set it up to to make it more difficult for people because they were pushing the car industry. Wow. I mean, I mean that it makes I mean, this, a lot of sense. This was yeah, and like there was probably more nuance to the article than what I'm saying because yeah. I didn't get to read the full thing. But I mean, just that idea in itself that like there was not a conspiracy, but like a a, a design, a purposeful design flaw put in place yeah and that makes a lot of sense and if you and if you live in most places in the states like where you know where i'm from where my brother lives like you cannot live without a car you mm. just can't like on long island because it's not as if you have the viable alternative of public transportation you don't like the public transportation is useless and we have like you know you if you lived in Quebec where i grew up without a car and you didn't have public transport you'd also be fucked Mm. But like you know, because you have to get to work, you you know, you know yeah. all that kind of shit. But uh, we have a really good public transport system in this city. Like you know, maybe not countrywide, but at the very least within the city, we have several different options that are mm-hmm. quite reliable. Yeah, we have our you know we're train system, we have our, our tram system, we have our bus system. Um, you know, so it's it's pretty it's pretty great that way, and yeah. And whenever I go to some cities that don't have that, it's mind boggling to me. Especially in America, the bus system is awful. It's oh, the bus system. Like I think I use the bus in because the the subway. I mean, I know su- the MTA has gotten worse and worse and worse, and I know my friends from New York are always talking about how bad it is and how bad it's getting. Um, and bad, in, of, bad in what way though? Um, unreliable. That okay. is that the trains are really late and then that can fuck you. Like if you yeah. need to make it to work, a late train can fuck you. And then when the train is on time, it's of course packed and just that there's all these delays and just all this shit going on with the MTA. Uh, this is one of the major things that Cynthia Nixon is actually running on is about reforming the MTA and making it better for the working person because once again like you know Cuomo and all of his cronies they don't think about this shit because they're driving around New York City in cars with drivers like private drivers so they don't think about it Um, but most people rely on the subway yeah, and also when I was in New York, it's a great service because it reminded me a lot of you know like the Lewis and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's underground because it does go very regularly and things like that. Yeah, but we were never traveling at rush hour, and I think it's the rush hour that makes it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been to LA? Um. No. Not yet. I mean, it's a hellhole. Like. Well, that I'm I'm scared <laughs> to go to LA because it doesn't really have a public service system, and so I'm buggered. Like, what can I do if I go out there? Like, it is no, and it doesn't seem to be very centralized. Where if you went to New York and went to and stayed in a hotel in Manhattan, you could walk around and, yeah. and do enough. Oh, and you don't need anything. Oh, yeah. LA is not like that at all. Yeah. When I was when I visited LA, I stayed with my wonderful friend Jen Murgott. Hey, girl. And she had a car, and she drove us around, mostly, and if she was drinking, we took cabs, and that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. There's that's no, and that's there's, rough. Yeah, and there's nowhere in L.A. you could stay and feel central, you know? Like, yeah. It, it doesn't exist. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like places that don't have, like, a center to them. Me neither. I hate that. It makes me feel really disoriented. Yeah. Because um, Texas, like, I enjoy Texas, but... There's no, there is no center to like even Austin to a certain degree. Austin has areas, you know, mm. it has like you know an area where most of the bars are. It's like one street or so, um, and all the bars are there. But like the food places are kind of you know separate. They're like you know down the end, down the highways and stuff like, like that. Like here's the bar district, and then kind of yeah, it's yeah. like they have a temple bar in a way. Okay, okay, um, they have that area. 
area. Yeah, they have that area, but, you know, I don't know, so it was strange to me. And that's I mean, that was always the thing to me when I visited America, is the differences in, in A, planning and, and how everywhere is laid out, but also just architecturally. Mm. I'm fascinated by how different it is architecturally. But I guess, you know, it is something on comparison and doesn't have those weird crooked streets that we have to have to deal with. Oh, but they're so charming. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. I hate, I hate that phrase, charming. I hate a phrase, charming, when it's not when it's not as in terms of a human being. A human being is charming. A street is not charming. No, you know? it is. Ugh. A street is charming. You've never been charmed by a street or by a little cottage. No. I mean, I find... They're pretty. They can be pretty, mm-hmm. but it's not. Char- it doesn't have like a personality to me. Like that's that's the thing. It's the Once idea again, that- is that an American thing? Is that us like romanticizing like the old country? Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. As a person who works with tourists every day, yes. <laughs> okay, because you know, because I just re- recorded a podcast with my brother actually earlier today, and we were talking about the movie High Spirits, and we both used the word charming probably about five times each to describe like the first half of that film. But I find there's something infantilizing about the. Word charming when it comes okay. to, to Americans saying it about anything that's Irish or things like okay. that because it's kind of like oh isn't it so cute and like you know isn't this like such just this adorable thing and it's often this idea of like look how old fashioned it is like and These like little silly Irish people look yeah because it's, it's a past very much so because you know over the years like having traveled a lot especially doing things like uh, Dragon Con which we're gonna get to in a moment mm-hmm. um I've I've had a lot of people ask me some really ignorant fucking questions. Oh god, like what? Just about like, you know, uh like about like do you guys have the internet there? Like Are you, you know, fucking kidding me. Just honestly, and I sometimes it's tongue in cheek and you know, there's a lot of that tongue in cheek okay. being said. But then sometimes people genuinely think that we live in cottages like in the fucking middle of nowhere with barely any electricity. Like there's people who have that idea of us. In Ireland they think that. Yeah, because all they see of us in movies and TV is fucking Darby O'Gill and the little people. Like they think, you know, we're just all living <laughs> They think in, you're all just the little people. We're living in stone cottages in the middle of fucking nowhere surrounded by sheep. And some people are, but like yeah. they still have every amenity available to them. Uh, so I don't know it's just it's so that's what I guess bugs me about that idea of charming because it's usually said and like oh it's so adorable mm. like it thinks it's people <laughs> like it's that idea is there okay here's a question is there anything that an American can say about Ireland that won't annoy you in some way like because like I feel like no matter like no matter what we say like, we're, we're <laughs> we just can't do anything like, right we can't do anything right no but there there is that thing because it is because I get why it annoys you, but we are. And much of this is on us because we have a chip on our shoulder. Okay, okay. We have Thank a little you. bit of a chip on our shoulder Thank as you. well. So I un- I recognize that part of this is on us because we feel like we're not taken seriously but because also, we are a small country. But I also want to say that it's not just Americans, like, um, because hashtag not just Americans because all of <laughs> not my, all Americans. Not, <laughs> yeah. not no, I know. Um, Because, like, I've been teaching this Erasmus program for teachers throughout Europe for the past couple months. And so I have, like, my students are teachers throughout all of Europe. And they all say the same things about Ireland that Americans say. So these are people from everywhere, you know, from Spain, Italy, also from, like, Slovenia, you know, from, from from Poland. And they all kind of 
kind of once they find the word charming like use that word to describe ireland and irish people they're always right. super impressed by how warm and friendly irish people are well as a people we are charming yeah like 100 yeah. percent, we are charming as a people mm-hmm. i mean we have the quote-unquote gift of the gab and yeah um, i teach them that phrase yeah and uh i think very much we are a, a nation that's built on quote unquote having the crack and in the sense of like you know play, being crack. playful with each other yeah selling the smoking <laughs> meth, uh, methamphetamine um, but yeah just being playful with each other and being cheeky I mean we ha- we're a culture of cheeky people yeah and so because of that yeah we are charming and and, and I, I accept that about us and I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with that and I'm proud of that to a certain yeah. degree I think we're a nation of poets and we're a nation of, of chancers uh, but um I think at the same time, it's when it's referred to kind of more so just the 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 buildings and the and the 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 look of the country. The people, cobblestone streets. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's not charming. It's history, motherfuckers. Like you know. Well, that's but that's but that is uh, exotic to us because we don't have as much like we don't have as much old stuff as you guys do. You know, Americans don't have as much old stuff around that's still part of the general landscape and architecture as Europeans do. So that is exciting for us. Yes, but exciting and, and beautiful and, and all those sort of things, I would perfectly be happy to hear okay. people say. But for something, there's the, I don't know, it's just something about the word charming, yeah. the way people okay. say it. it the, the word, it's like the word quaint. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, it's so quaint. It's so small and... It and seems like almost like a backhanded compliment in, in a some way. sense. Yeah. yeah. In a way, exactly. Because it seems like, you know, if a rundown building is charming, <laughs> yeah. it has it has a charm to it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it does, it's not impressive. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not beautiful. It's like, it's like, oh, well, it's charming. Yeah. It's it, has like, a, it has its own charm right, to it. Right. It has character. Like, yeah. it's like if a person is described, like, she's not beautiful. She has a characterful face. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah it is a bit silly but um yeah so like oh so i've heard a bunch of things and a lot of times i hear it from you know because i visited the the south of america for not south america but the south, south of america, america. <laughs> uh you know the part of the uh the the country that lost the civil war um but basically um i, I visited them first and for a lot longer of a period of time than i visited the north of america so when was the first time you were like up north three years ago and I've been visiting America for 12 years. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I've had a much different feeling of America first than, because I, I, I remember... America first. America first. Uh, <laughs> I remember f- five or six years ago before I, I visited the North, uh, my friend Dana Swanson, who you're going to meet in a couple Yay! weeks. Uh, wonderful human being. I don't, know, I don't know if she listens to this podcast. I have a feeling she doesn't, but if she does, uh, you're going to get a big hug soon. But um, I'm she, excited to meet her. Yeah, I know you're gonna lull over, but she uh, she told me this is like you haven't really seen the real America, quote unquote, until you've seen both mm. sides because it is different. Where is she from? She's from Atlanta. She's she, from Atlanta. Yeah, she's born and okay, raised in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, she, she's yeah. a Georgia girl. Um, but like she's she's been all over, mm. and she's like you know there is there is such a breath. And a difference in America from different sides of the state, and and there's not the state, the different sides of the, the the coast, yeah, and north and south, and and even in the Midlands, it's just like so. You you know, I'd seen a snapshot, but I hadn't really seen all of it, and I hadn't seen the like the the how different it can be. 
Yeah, and I still, like, I haven't either, really. Like, I, you know, spent most of my time in and around New York. I lived in Colorado for a year. And, you know, and then I've visited California and... Is California considered a southern state? No, it's West Coast. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's West Coast. So is this your totally... going to be your visit, first visit to the Southern States? No, because I've been to Florida, which also is kind of its own thing. Yeah. And I've been to Florida a couple of times, and I was also in South Carolina when I was very, very young. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's not my first time in the Southern State, but like it's my first time in Atlanta. So that's a yeah, Georgia. Yeah. To the, I've been to the airport before, but that's it. So it's my first time in Georgia. It's my first time in Atlanta, and it's my first time in a Southern state in a while. I have to say, there was a real culture shock to me when I first went to Atlanta because, uh, and this is very much I w- as as an Irish thing, yeah. culture shock wise, because being there, I stayed in these fancy hotels because when I go to Dragon Con. Um, it's always in these fancy hotels. And there's five hotels. There's a Hilton, there's a Sheraton, there's a Hyatt, there's a, uh, there's a Marriott, and there's a, uh, Weston. Marriott, Cox Squad. Dragon Con. It's another <laughs> shout out to Dana. Um, but those, those are the five different hotels that it's in. So all upscale chain restaurant, uh, train hotels, uh, Jesus, I can't talk. Sorry, folks. It's been a long day at work, so my, my tongue is falling apart at this point. But at uh, these, these chain hotels, um, and uh, just sort of pretty fancy inside and stuff like that. Uh, but staying in them is is makes me feel weird sometimes. Because all the hotel staff, because, you know, Georgia is, you know, has a large black population. Mm-hmm. Um but all the guys who are carrying your bags and, and helping you out are, are black guys. And seeing everybody at the convention who are predominantly white, I mean, there are other people, and it's actually the minority uh, attendance is growing, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. But you know, for a long time, I mean, it was all white attendants being like having their bags carried for them by, you know, black guys. And that felt really weird at first. I was really kind of like, this feels uncomfortable to me. Uh, plus two, we here in Ireland, we don't have a, a culture of having your bags carried for you. Like, we don't have that culture of you go to a hotel and someone will offer to take your bags to your room for you. We just don't have that. Mm-hmm. So you're used to just, you know, it's very self-reliant, self-service sort of stuff. If I you know, drive my car to a hotel in Ireland, there's nobody going to take, there's no valet in there's Ireland. There's no valet, yeah. There's none of that shit. Yeah. So even just having like someone come and goes, can I carry your bag, sir? And I'm like, no. Um, like, <laughs> no, you may not. No, you may not. It's that's a weird thing for you to ask me. Go away. Uh, and so like so just even that culture alone was was strange to to me visiting it and then just but having it such a racial divide and in, in who was doing the work and who was having the work done for them, it felt very bizarre to me. That is that is bizarre and. Uh, it, the first thing that I thought of when you said that was that that's not, I don't think that's actually, unfortunately, I don't think that's unique to the South because I think it happens in, in the North as well. Uh, because just for example, like look at JFK airport, like that's, you know, who's working at the airport, who's TSA, who's, it's, it's right. mostly minorities. Uh, and you know. It's mo- not. I would mean. I was saying you might see more Latinos in New York than you. I haven't. Oh, I didn't see yeah. many Latinos sure, working. Sure, sure, sure. So maybe it's less Atlanta. black and white, but it still is. Minorities are doing certain jobs. 
Yeah. That that is a thing across the board. Yeah. But it's funny because I like growing up versus versus growing up the South versus growing up the North when it comes to race. Um, Barrett Barrett, uh, our friend Barrett, <laughs> is his name <laughs> like, is Barrett Barrett Barrett. Barrett. <laughs> I just didn't know how much to explain him or what to say. Anyway, our friend Barrett, uh, he's from Arkansas, and I remember having discussion with him, like, about affirmative action, and this must have been, this is when I was living in New York, so this was, like, you know, five years ago or so, and he was, I was kind of saying that I don't know about affirmative action because, you know, why, why do we have to look at race at all and blah, 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 like, sorry, and he was saying, saying how necessary he thought it was, and what he explained about race, which really, I've never forgotten this ever since he said it, and he completely convinced me on affirmative action in this conversation, was that when you grow up in the South, you're taught not to be racist. When you grow up in the North, you're taught that racism doesn't exist anymore. Right. And that's really a thing. And, yeah, and, and I've heard people say yes, it to me. And it, and it was an easy narrative, and it's, it's embarrassing to admit this, but this is how I was educated. This is how I grew up. Like, it's an easy narrative to believe that racism doesn't exist anymore, when you live in, in an all-white town right. and we can all just sit around and say it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a black person in, in Massapequa at all. Maybe once or twice when we were driving down a street somewhere. I mean, yeah, Keeley yeah. is a quarter of a black person. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, you know, that's one of my best friends was one of the only minorities in my graduating class in high school. A graduating yeah. class of 700 people. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, even I've, like, had a brown person in my high school that I graduated yeah, from. Yeah, I mean, we had we had some other minorities, but still not a lot. But black would still be the smallest minority. minority. Yeah. And, um, but, but I've told you this, and I don't, I don't know if you've witnessed this as much, but, um, in where I'm from, like, you cross a line, like, literally, there's a road you cross and everything goes from white to black or from black to, yeah. black to white depending which is, on which is again is like that planning system we were talking about yep. before it's crazy how it's kind of purposely set up that way 100%. To, yeah no my mom actually she was talking about and this was a couple of years ago so this was like you know in the fucking 21st century she said that there was a group of people in our neighborhood who were trying to discourage a black family from moving in Ugh. like they were actively actively discouraging a black family from moving in just saying oh you know it's probably not the right place for them and blah 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 we shouldn't gross yeah, yeah. that's real gross just shamelessly like doing yeah. this yeah there seems to be more kind of I don't know it's 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 still growing here the fact that we still like are, you know are starting to have more and more like minority uh, races in Dublin uh, and I was saying to you today, like it's it's nice to start to finally hear someone who's Asian or or you know African, um, having a Dublin accent. Yeah. Because uh, you don't you like you even said yourself before like if you see a black person in Ireland you usually expect them to have an African accent. If they're over a certain age, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Whereas the young people now you might actually get an, a Dublin accent out yeah. of them, and it's it's great to see because you know there really was so little of it growing up uh, for me. Um, I told you the story before about Keith, right? Oh, was it Keith or was it Stuart? Because my dad, my dad, your dad, my dad-in-law, told me the story the other day. Okay. I, so, he told me it was Stuart, though. Oh, well, I was, I, was, I was told it was Keith. Okay. He's getting mental, so... I mean, yeah, he I, kept calling baby Keith Aaron, so... So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, Keith, my older brother, he's seven years older than me, um, when he was growing up, and this was just, just before I was born, so he was about five or six at this point. 
but he had only said ever seen black people on television. So when he was brought to London um, as a, for like a holiday visit uh, at that age, he saw a young black boy in um, in the park in in London, and he said, "Mommy, mommy, like, look, it's one of those kids from TV." <laughs> Because he just didn't think they... He thought it was like some sort of TV like star. Family, yeah, special TV kids. Yeah, like they just didn't exist in Dublin. So, uh, you know, we really were like kind of... So a lot of that kind of racial stuff, we have a weird... No, I don't even know if it's an advantage. But we have the lessons learned from other countries. Yeah, that's a good point. And we know of these problems and these things that can be a, 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 a situation before they actually have a chance to happen here in yeah. a certain degree because like those kind of you know very racialized areas where you know kind of black people are forced to kind of stick to because they're priced out of other regions mm-hmm. because of all these racial kind of uh systemic problems um we are aware of those things that can happen before we have that many black people living in the country yeah uh, and like it is it has been growing significantly in the last 20 years or so uh, but it's still like you know it's a small community and luckily we haven't they're not centralized to one area like the way Dublin is and the way Dublin's laid out everybody's kind of mixed in with each other to a certain degree yeah you know you see with it comes to shops yeah certain areas kind of you know uh, growing into districts in a way that yeah. like Moore Street is quite an Asian heavy area right. so is Parnell Street to a yeah. certain large degree uh, our area just up the road here has a lot of like Turkish people uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the shops and stuff like that um, but as far as kind of where people's living it's, it's spread out quite a bit because um, I wouldn't say like all the Turkish people in Dublin are in our area like it just doesn't seem yeah, to be that way no that they're no not so much yeah um, and that's and that's really cool to watch that happening to Dublin and yeah your dad was even commenting that to me the other day just from, as we were walking around you yeah. know he was and he was saying and he was saying that it's great he was saying 30 years ago you wouldn't see this at all and yeah. he told me that story about well he said story but about Keith yeah yeah well yeah gentrification is kind of strange because it is gentrification is still happening in Dublin oh yeah but it's just about class rather than anything else so the working yeah. class people are getting pushed out of certain areas because most of working class people in Ireland are white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's it's not so much a, a, a racial divide there, but it is more of a class divide. Um, and that's still a problem in itself. But that's a problem for another day's podcast. <laughs> uh, for now, we're going to wrap this up. But uh, we are going to say, because just in case we don't get one recorded between now and then, because there is a chance we won't get another I podcast recorded. We will. We'll try and squeeze one in, but we've also said we were going to record in the last month and we didn't. That's true. Uh, so but just, I'm not that busy anymore. So. Well, it's true. But we'll, we'll see how we go. But just in case, we better get something mentioned now. So my uh, myself and yourself, we will be at Dragon Con 2018. I'm so excited. It's my first time. Yeah. So that is happening uh, over Labor Day weekend in United States, um, which is the first September weekend of, of the year, uh, for those who don't know. Um, it's happening in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it happens for four days, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I will be in Artist Alley. Uh, please come to Artist Alley, which is in America's Mart, or America's Smart, as I like to sometimes call it, and we have a joke about it. Uh, but uh, please come up there. Um, I think we're on the fourth floor, uh, the, uh, the uh, Artist Alley. 
but there's a huge kind of market there so I'm sure you're going to spend some time if you are visiting Dragon Con folks please come by and say hello and buy a comic uh, otherwise you'll see me at about four or five panels um, I'll be doing lots of different shows in the evening some of them will be a lot of fun with like improv and karaoke but some will be our quiz shows as well which we're known for at Dragon Con our Gonzo quiz shows uh, but otherwise just come say hello uh, but Darcy, what will we do? I'm going to be there too, and it's my first time, and I'm really excited to see you. And you're going to cosplay one of the days as well, aren't I you? I am, at least one of the days. I, okay. won't, I won't say who I'm cosplaying yet, but yeah, uh, at least one of the days I'm going to cosplay, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to, of course, meeting all of your friends who I've heard so much about over yeah. the years. Um, this is going to be fun. So, uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, for my Patreon uh, subscribers, who are all wonderful. The um, best. I have a special gift planned. It's not anything fancy. It's something very small, but I will be giving a gift to everybody there. Uh, don't 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 have your hopes up, folks. This really is only something very small. Um, but uh, it's one of his eyelashes. Yeah, I mean it's on that level. It really is. It's on that level. I don't know what it is. But I, I didn't have much time. But I have I have something uh, at the printers. Uh, printing game bring printed up for you guys. It's just a, a special thank you for me. Um, but for those who aren't uh, subscribers yet, please go to patreon.com forward slash Aaron Fever and subscribe there and you'll get uh, all these scoops from me. Uh, the scoops have ran dry the last couple of weeks. There's not much new happening other than uh, new episodes of Shipwreck going up at shipwreckcomic.com. Um, so I'll, I'll put some more previews up there soon. But otherwise, you get all of my podcasts a couple, at least a day early. So there are some benefits to it and you get some behind-the-scenes info too. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to finish drinking our drinks. You finished your drink. You had a rum and coke. You had a pint of rum and coke that you went through in this podcast. Well, I mean, first of all, it wasn't a full pint. It was like a shot of rum and then like a can of coke. I don't okay. think it's like it a it, it, it took up most of a pint glass. I've been drinking my whiskey. Uh, and until next time, find, find your, your way. way. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>